Okay, good morning and Freilchen Chanukah, everybody. Today's daf is Nidarim daf nun. Hey, we are holding on the top of daf nun. Hey, I'm at Aleph at the Mishnah. Today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Lander, an honor of his wife and children, and also Zechon Nishmas' mother, Golda Ba Simcha La Shalom, Nisham Shem We thank him very much for the continued sponsorship of the Daf Yomi Shir each and every day. So we are holding at the mission. The mission is going to continue, all the Mishnahites are going to continue in this theme of what is included when you take a neder from particular things. So first thing we're going to talk about is what is included in Dagan, what is included in Tavua, is that limited to only the Chameshas Mine Dagan, or is it more expansive? The Gemara is going to talk about what is included in uh, Alalta, because that is uh, the, that, that's a word that's, uh, that's used in the Targum. So what exactly does Alalta refer to? And we're going to have a story to demonstrate what Alalta might, uh, might actually refer to. And that story is going to tell us, uh, is going to finish off with a little bit of a Dvaragada relating to the travels of uh, the Bnei Yisrael in the Midbar. And then the Gemara is going to talk about what is included in Peros, what's included in Peros Ha'aretz. Are mushrooms considered Gidulei Ha'aretz? Are mushrooms considered something that grows from the ground or other uh, fungi? Uh, then the Mishnah Namad Beis is going to talk about what's included in a neder from Ksus or Tzemer or Pishtan. Is it only when it's uh, fabrics that have been woven into uh, clothing uh, some, uh, materials that have been woven into a fabric or is it uh, any, even the raw materials that are included in these items? And for those items that are aren't included in Ksus, so to, what other halacha do we assume that they are not clothing? Meaning, would we say in Hilcha Shabbos that if you wrap your body in them, that it's not called that you're wearing clothing and therefore it's considered carrying on Shabbos because it's technically not Ksus when it comes to Nedarim, or Hilcha Shabbos and Hilcha Nedarim independent of each other? So let's begin again at the Mishnah on the top of Daf Nun Hey Amral. So the Mishnah discusses Begadim that uh, the, the Mishnah discusses uh, Nedarim darim again that are relate to uh, that relate to that that, that uh, where where we're going to discuss what's included in a particular lashon hanoder min adagan a person takes a neder from dagan also bepola mitzriyavish divrameir meir holds included in dagan are not only the chameshes mine dagan uh, that that you can make matzah out of and that can become chametz and that it's berchas and baremine mizonos for all the halachas of chameshes mine dagan but it even includes a dried pola mitzri a certain type of bean that was uh, that was known to them if it's dried out that's also called dagan because the way Rabbi Meir understands it is that dagan includes kalmidi demidgan anything that you would pile up in a silo and treat and process like grain even though it doesn't have the qualities and the uh, the, the character of grain but since uh, it's processed similar to the way grain is processed that would be considered dagan midi demidgan whereas no when you say dagan you mean Dagan, you mean only the Chameshus Mine Dagan. Rabbi Meir, but even Rabbi Meir, who says that Pula Mitzri is included in the word Dagan, would say that a Nodermin Hatuvua, that if you take a neder not from Dagan but from Tavua, that's limited to the Chamesh Saminim. But if a person takes a neder from Dagan, it's anything that's immediate to Midgan, anything that you would pile up in the silo, uh, that you would process the same way you would process the Dagan. What's not included in a neder from 
dagan are fruits that grow on a tree and vegetables where you don't process at all the same way that you would process dagan and therefore uh, that that's uh, the only thing that's not included in uh, in 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 dagan uh, the uh, the remeir uh, you know so, so we said that it's a asr bakal so the rush points out that anything that you would make a gorin like a, like pula mitzri yavesh and other types of kidneys other types of beans that are also processed the same way that you would uh, that you would process grain now uh, Rabbi Meir asks us call me the Demidgan so why is it that in the ratio of the Mishnah he says that if you know the Minadogan it's also Bepula Mitzri meaning it's not just Pula Mitzri it's anything meaning that what, what uh, apparently is behind Rabbi Meir Shita is not just uh, a particular type of bean that happens to be processed the same way as grain all types of beans the way the Rosh understands are, are processed the same way and therefore are, are included so in the in the, the Yachin Boaz Mishnayis, uh, the Yachin writes that uh, the, uh, the the Chiddush of Pola Mitzri is that it's only Pola Mitzri Yavesh, because if it's Pola Mitzri Lach, so then it's not Bechal Dagan. If it's moist, it's not Bechal Dagan. So he's saying an extra Chiddush, that of course Kalmidi Demidgan is included, but even Pola Mitzri, which is not always a Midi Demidgan, sometimes it's it's Lach, sometimes it's moist, even that, if it's Yavesh, could be included in Dagan. So fundamental Machlokas in our Mishnah, what is included in Dagan? Is it only the Chameshes Mine Dagan? That's the sheet of Chamim, or does it include Kol Midi Demidgan? But when it comes to Tavua, everybody seems to agree that Tavua only includes the Chameshes Haminim. So says the Gemara Lememra, the Dagan Kol Demidgan Mashma. Do you mean to tell me that Remeir Shita is that the word Dagan implies anything that's Midgan, anything that's processed in a similar way to the way grain is processed? Masav Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef will challenge you based on a Pasuk in Yamim Beis, where the Pasuk talks about after Chizkiyo Melech uh, became the king, and he was mechazik, the idea of giving trumas or maestros to the Kohanim and to the Leviim. So the uh, the background to the Pasuk, it talks about Chizkiyo HaMelech, where he removed all the bummels from uh, Klal Yisrael, and he was mechazik people to bring the trumas or maestros to uh, warehouses that they had in the base of Migdash, so that the Kohanim and the Leviim could get what they deserved. And to be mechazik the Takana, he started telling them that you should bring trumas or maestros from Kol Midi the Midgan, not only from that which you're required to bring trumas or maestros, Midah Rais, even from the even though they're not really he was trying to be that we should give from everything so even things that are that are vegetables that you're not from on a daraisa on a daraisa level uh, he was trying to uh, to encourage that everyone should give so the pasuk says ukfrot ukifrot sadaver hirbu bnei yisrael reishes dagan tiros v'yitzav rekol to asada larov that uh, it's a it's a the it's a Paraphrase of the pasuk. The pasuk says a few more words. It says Dagan Tirosh Vitzar Udvash Bekol Tvosada Umaiser Hakol Larov. So from the lashon of the pasuk, it starts out by saying that they give Meiser from Dagan, and then it says they brought from all Tvosasada. So it sounds like there are things that are included in Tvosasada that are not included in Dagan, and that's why the pasuk after it says Dagan has to add on and also Tvosasada. That's the exact opposite of what Rameir said in the Mishnah. Rameir said in the 
Mishnah that Tavua Sasada only includes Chamesh, Tavua only includes Chamesh Saminim. Dagon includes Kol Midi Demidgon. So Vyamrit Kol Demidgon Mashma, if you're going to say like Rabbi Meir, that Dagon means anything that's Midgon, my Kifrot Sadavar Hirbu, what does the Pasuk say Kifrot Sadavar Hirbu to tell me that they brought Shumus and Maisos Minadagon and also from Kol Tavua Sasada? Tavua Sasada is automatically included in the phrase uh, Dagon. So Tosus points out that Lechorah Meir could have just said very simply that uh, the Nedarim are Belashem Bnei Adam or Holchanach Belashem Bnei Adam and you're quoting the Apostle so that's not based on Belashem Bnei Adam so maybe Enochinami in the Lashen of Tanakh in the Lashen of Divrei Ayamim the uh, word Dagan may be uh, less expansive than the word Tavua but in Belashem Bnei Adam when people say Dagan they mean Kol Midi Demidgan and when people say Tavua they mean only the Chamesh Saminim. so why doesn't the Gemara just give that answer so Tosus and the Rush both explain that since the Navi is reporting that which it uh, that that which was a conversation between people, you assume that they were speaking Balasham Adam. That when Chizkiyahu Amelech was making this takana, he was speaking in a way that people are going to understand. So the Navi was reporting Balasham uh, Adam, and therefore it would not be Balashan Torah. So that's the question. How come uh, the Navi seems to assume that Tavua is a more expansive category than Dagan? Rameir holds just the opposite. Some that really Dagon includes all Tai all Midi the Midgan, not only the the Khamesh Saminim. When the Pasuk says they brought from Kol Tvuasasada, that's uh, telling me not only Kol Midi the Midgan, but even things that are not Midgan, Perosi Ilan, and Yeruko says uh, as well. Now uh, which uh, which they would not process the same way that they would process grain. The Gemara is gonna have to deal with a but meaning what we've now answered is how Dagan can mean more than just the Chamesh Saminim, and then Tavua is still adding something beyond Dagan. But what we haven't answered is how Rabbi Meir is going to explain why Tavua is a more expansive category in the Tanakh than, uh, whereas in our Mishnah, Tavua is a very limiting category. So we've sort of answered Dagan, but we haven't answered Tavua, meaning we've showed how Dagan can mean more than just the Chamesh Saminim, and yet there's still room for more, meaning you could still say Kaltva Sada, and that means more than just the Dagan, but we haven't uh, reconciled how Rabbi Meir is going to explain the word Tavua itself, the way it's used in Tanakh. So So for that we go on to the next part of the Gemara. The Rameir says a person takes a nether from Tavua, it only includes Chamesh Saminim. Everyone seems to agree that's not just Shitz Rameir, the Cham also say that if you know the Minat Tavua, it only includes Chamesh Saminim. Tani Namiachi. And we have a Bryce that spells it out that both Rameir and the Cham say that Tavua only includes Chamesh Saminim. So it says, isn't it possible that Tavua only includes Chamesh Saminim? What's the Bryce adding? So, Tavua, call me I might have thought that anything that. Um, that enhances, that increases in value, and that uh, that's a good investment is automatically consider, considered to be tavua, included in the phrase in the word tavua, because the the targum on the word on the word tavua is alalta. 
and a lalta is a lashon of something that you bring into your house in order to uh, to save because it becomes better. It becomes something that goes up in value. So uh, when a person is no demina tavua, I might think it includes not just even food. It includes anything that's a lalta. It includes anything that goes up in value. So kamash malan delo kol mili. That if you're no demina tavua, it does not include everything. It only includes chameshes mine dagan. If you're no der from alalta, that would include kol mili. That would include anything that goes up in value. So masav Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef challenges. We said that if you know the Belashon Tavua, it includes only Chamesh Mine Dagan. But the Pasuk, who Kfrotsa Dabri Hirbu Bene Israel, and the Pasuk Moran say, Beishis Dagan Tirush Vitzer Dvash Vikol Tavua Sada. And the Pasuk apparently is telling me, aside from Dagan and Tirush and Yitzar, there's something else that's called Tavua Sada. That implies that Tavua Sada is more of an expansive category than just the Chamesh Mine Dagan. It's way more. Sa Amarava Tavua Lechud Tavua Sada. In Echinami, the word Tavua only includes Chamesh Mine Dagan. Pasuk didn't use just the word Tavua. The Pasuk said Tavua Sada. Tavua Sada can include Peiros and Yerakos and things like that as well. So the way Rabbi Meir is going to learn the Pasuk is that when the Pasuk talks about how they give Meiser from Dagan, that included not only Chamesh Minim but also Pula Mitzri and other types of beans. And then when it said Vakal Tavua Sada, that included Peiros and Yerakos and things of that nature as well. Had it just said Tavua, we would have had a problem because Tavua alone implies only the Chameshis Mine Dagan. Good, so we've already explained that the uh, Targum on the word Tavua is Alalta. And uh, there's a difference between Tavua and Alalta. That Tavua meant, Tavua means only the Chameshis Mine Dagan, whereas the word Alalta itself implies anything that goes up in value. So a story to illustrate what the word Alalta means is as follows. Bar Marshmuel, the son of Marshmuel, Pakid, uh, gave a tzava'a before he died that they should give 13,000 zuz uh, to Rava. And these 13,000 zuz should come from the alalta, that's the word he used, from the alalta that's on the Panya River, meaning he owns a lot of uh, stuff near the Panya River, probably way more than 13,000 zuz, that's the impression that you get. And he says the 13,000 zuz that I want my children to give to Rava as part of his tzava'ah should come from that property, from that uh, those items that I have on the uh, on the Nahar Panya. So Shalcha Rav Kamed Rav Yosef, Rav went to ask a Shailat Rav Yosef, Alalta Hechi Mekaria, what's included in Alalta? He wants to know what he's allowed to collect from, meaning he's going to go to Nahar Panya, he's going to want to know what he's allowed to take from there. So Rav Yosef Masnisani, Rav Yosef says, it's a brysa, it's a mafurisha brysa where you can prove what Alalta is because the brysa says, Vishavin that everyone agrees that if you take a netter from Tavua, only Chamesha Saminim is included. And Rav Yosef seems to be indicating that since Alalta is the Targum of Tavua, when you uh, say Alalta, you mean only the Chamesh Saminim. So Amle Abay, Abay said to Rav Yosef, wait, me, dummy, you, can you compare uh, what people mean when they say the Lashon of Tavua to what they mean when they say a Lashon of Alalta? 
Tavua lo mashma elam echamesh saminim. Alalta kol mili mashma. Tavua only implies chamesh saminim, but alalta sounds like it means a lot more than that. It sounds like it's whatever a person brings into his house uh, that will increase in value. So Adrula kamei the So even though Abaye had challenged Rav Yosef, the shliach asked Rav Yosef the shaila. I mean, Rav had sent the shaila to Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef gave his answer. So Enochinami Abaye challenged him, but that was the answer. So the shliach went back to Rav with the answer that was given by Rav Yosef. So Amar, uh, Rav said, that wasn't even my shayla. He answered something I wasn't even asking. Meaning, and, and I disagree with the answer. I was working with an assumption that what he just said is incorrect. That Rav Yosef tells me that Alalta means only the Chameshus Minei Dagan. I never even had a shayla that Alalta for sure means way more than Chameshus Minei Dagan. My whole shayla was my whole question was how much more? Meaning, does Alalta include uh, properties that you own uh, that you that are investment properties that you rent out and you get? Uh, is that called Alalta? If you own a fleet of boats and you uh, make money uh, by running, uh, you know, uh, transportation or cruise lines or whatever. So uh, is that called Alalta? That was my whole shaila. Why would it yes or not be called Alalta? Maybe we say since these things, uh, their value deteriorates over time, goes down in value over time because uh, you know the house gets old and uh, you know the boats uh, get damaged by the sea and things like that. So over time it uh, it it goes down in value. So it's not called alalta because alalta implies aliyah. It implies that which goes up in value. Or maybe since it's not so evident on a day to day basis, the decrease in value is not evident on a day to day basis. But what is evident on a day to day basis is the rent money that keeps coming in. It's all those checks that you keep getting for owning the property. So maybe. That is called Alalta. So Rav says that was my old Shaila. I had no doubt that Alalta means way more than Chameshus Minei Daga. That it can mean uh, clothing, it can mean uh, precious metals, it can mean anything. But uh, now Rav Yosef is telling me that Alalta only means Chameshus Minei Daga because it's the Targum of Tavua. So Amrua Rabbanan, the Rabbanan reported back to Rav Yosef, Kamei Rav Yosef, what Rav had said. That here Rav Yosef gave an answer to the question he thought Rav was asking. Rav says, not only was I not asking the question, the answer he gave is wrong, because it's not true. Alalta is much more than Chamesh Zmini Dagan. So now they tell Rav Yosef, Rav just said that what you said was wrong. So Amar v'chimi achar dolo tzarechlan amai shalachlan. So Rav Yosef said, I understand. If Rav didn't need me to answer his question, if he's so smart and he knows everything himself, why does he send me as shaylas? Meaning he's going to just go and say that I don't know uh, what I'm talking about and that, uh, that my answers are incorrect. Well, then why was he asking me a shayla in the first place? Now, uh, he, he wasn't asking in a literal sense why why was Rava asking the question? Shidim Gvetsis points out, Rava needed to know uh, what the, whether Scharsvina is considered a, a lalta. But uh, the the uh, but he says uh, if you know Rava if Rava already was working with certain assumptions maybe he should have clarified that Shitim Gvetsis points out that's his real criticism if he was working with certain assumptions and he was only asking about a detail of Batim and Svinos he should have clarified that in the question to me instead of opening me up to answer this broader question which uh, which he wasn't asking at all now he's embarrassing me by telling by, by saying that I don't know what I'm talking about so Ikbid Rav Yosef Rav Yosef got upset. At Rava, Shama Rava, Rava heard that Rav Yosef was not happy with him. So he waited, and he came on Erev Yom Kippur because uh, that's the halacha that in order to do tshuva for Averos, you need to be mefayis as chavero, and the proper time to do that is uh, sometimes Erev Yom Kippur is the most ideal time to do that. Um, 
Certainly, it's halacha that applies year round. Tshuva is halacha that applies year round. You could do tshuva whenever, and being mefayis as chaveiro applies year round as well. But very often, people are not ready to be makabel pius until erev yom kippur. And erev yom kippur, everyone's just thinking in a little more of a generous uh, mood when it comes to these kinds of things. So you always try to be mefayis on uh, on erev yom kippur. So ashli l'shami davar kamazik kamei kasev dechamru. When Rava arrived at Rav Yosef's house, he saw that uh, Rav Yosef's shamish was being mozegiyah for uh, Rav Yosef. So Rava said to the Shamish of Rav Yosef, let me be Mishamishim, let me do the Meziga Sakos for Rav Yosef, let me take over for you. So Yavle, Rav Yosef was blind, that's an important part of the story, otherwise the whole story makes no sense. So Yavle v'kamazig iu kasa dechamra, so Rava took over and he started uh, pouring a cup of wine for uh, Rav Yosef, Kikashasi, when Rav Yosef drank the Kos of Yayin, Amar Hadin Mizga Dami Le Mizga De Rava Braid Rav Yosef Parchama. He said, as soon as he tasted the wine, he said, wait, this wine tastes like the wine that Rav, that Rava would dilute. He's not my Shamish. What's going on over here? This tastes more like Rava's wine. The Ran points out that Rava was always makbid to have a three-to-one ratio of water to wine, because the Gemara Shabbos tells us that if they would have Mayim of a lesser ratio than that, it's not called Yayim, because it's too charif. So Rava felt that the wine had to be very uh, diluted, whereas many others would do a two-to-one ratio of water to wine. al Mazak asks the question, what a mezek, what the Kadeh Meziga is when it comes to Yayin, is it a two-to-one ratio or a three-to-one ratio? So Rava was always makbid about a three-to-one ratio. So Rav Yosef was saying, this wine tastes like wine that Rava prepares. This the wine doesn't taste like the wine that uh, that my normal Shamish prepares. So Malay, who nihu? So he says, uh, yeah, he's the one that's, uh, that's actually Actually, uh, that's actually pouring your wine. That's the girsa we have in the Gemara over here. The same story appears in Erev and Dalid, where the girsa is a little different, and the girsa is uh, Anihu, or something like that, or Anuhu, or uh, that. So, so it sounds like from, in our girsa, the Gemara, the Shamish is the one that spoke up and told Rav Yosef, correct, it's Rava that's giving to you, whereas the girsa of the Gemara in Erevin doesn't seem to make much of a difference, but the girsa of the Gemara in Erevin is that Rava said, yeah, yeah, that's me, I'm here, I'm the one that is, uh, that is uh, pouring your wine. So Rav Yosef said to Rava, Lo milsa. Do not sit on your feet uh, until you tell me what the following what the following pasuk means. Before we get to what the following pasuk means, what is that expression? Don't sit. On, no one sits on their feet. You sit down on a chair. What does it mean? Don't sit on the, on, your, on your feet. So the Ritva and Maseches Makos Kotzer Abenatam that it's a it's it's a shortened expression. Meaning Lo is a lashon Kotzer. It's Lo Don't sit down. Rather Amod al karech. Rather stand on your feet. Meaning it's lo tesev kama al karech. Stay on your feet. Uh, meaning uh, I want you. To, I don't want you to get too comfortable until you explain to me the 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 kasha that uh, that I'm bothered with. Um, see, and 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 he's he asked him pshat psukim and chumish. Shidim Vetzas quotes from the Ritz that obviously Rav Yosef knew the pshat in these psukim and chumish. It's the uh, he, he in fact that's why he asked Rava because of the of the episode that just happened. He was trying to draw out a certain point from Rava, so he said, "No, tell me pshat in these psukim and chumish." He knew exactly what he. Was was going to say, and that was the point he wanted Rav to say it to see the great schar that Rav was going to have for humbling himself in front of Rav Yosef for coming to ask for mechila. So he said, "My What does the pasuk mean when it says Umi Midbar Matana, Umi Matana Nachliel, Umi Nachliel Bamos, and pasuk goes on Umi Bamos Hagaya Shabbesdei Moav Rosh Apiska V'Nishkval Pnei Shimon." So what what does that uh, that pasuk mean? Now the pshat of the pasuk is that these are all different places 
uh, where we traveled. And that's what the Ebenezer writes on the Umizah Midbar Nasu El Matano, Misham El Nachliel, Matano Venachliel, Kula Mekomos, the Ebenezer writes. That's the Pasha Pshan in the Pasuk. Um, the uh, Rashi Ramba, and the Ramban explain that it's uh, going on the Be'er that was uh, given as a Matana in the Midbar, which is a place that's normally dry without any water, and the, the, bear, the Be'er followed them to these different locations. But, the, but either way, the point is that it seems to be describing different locations. But there's a Derech Drush in the Pasuk. So Amalei, Rav Asens, Rav Yosef, we can dash in the Pasuk as follows. Kivin Osa Adam Atzmo, Kimidbar Shumufkar Lakal, when a person makes himself like a Midbar, that he's mafkir himself to teach Torah to anybody, Torah Matana. then the Torah is going to be given to him as a Matana. Shenemar Umi Midbar Matana. If a person makes himself a Midbar, and he's uh, always making himself available to teach Torah to everybody, so then the Torah is given as a Matana. And since it's given to him as a Matana, Nachalokel, he's called uh, the uh, person. Is, that person is called the Nachala of Hashem. Shneamar im Matana Nachaliel. The Kibbutz Shnachalokel Olulugdula. And once he's the Nachala of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, he's going to rise to a position of prominence. Shneamar im Nachaliel Bamos. The Megbia Atzmo. But if he takes for himself uh, more uh, power and prestige, and he uh, he allows it to get to his head, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu Mashpilo. Hashem will quickly lower him down. Shneamar umi Bamos Hagai. Hagai means down into the valley. Not only will Hashem lower the person who uh, experiences a sense of gaiva, he'll sink him into the ground. But if the person does tshuva and he stops being a balgaiva, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will again lift him up. Because the Pasuk says, Now that Pasuk uh, is, uh, is a Pasuk in Yishayot. It's not a continuation of the drushas from these uh, from these. So the Ran uh, notes that, that it's not a, but the Gemara brings it as a Raya, that anyone who's mashpil begai uh, is sofalachs of alalos, is ultimately going to come going to come back. The Marsha just adds that since the Pasuk in Chumash Midbar talks about a person who, was, who, who Hashem had lifted up after he was uh, already in Anav and he was already uh, acting in a humble way, so one might have thought that only in such a case will Akarosh Baruch Hu lift someone up. But if someone already has a history of being a Balgaiva and has then been Humbled, you might think that Hashem will no longer lift him up. That a person already has, you know, Hashem sees the way this guy deals with uh, being uh, elevated. So maybe uh, such a person is not going to be elevated again. So says the Marsha, that's why we quote this Pasuk in Shayot, to tell you that even though you're a person who was, uh, who, who was already someone who, uh, who experienced the sense of gaiva, uh, that uh, once he's humbled, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will lift him up again. So a couple of interesting things that emerge from this uh, story over here. First of all, Rava showed up on Erev Yom Kippur, and what was Rav Yosef busy with? Mezigas Kos. He was drinking uh, Yai. So in Shulchan Aruch, when the Shulchan Aruch talks about the mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur, Shulchan Aruch says it's a mitzvah lechol Erev Yom Kippur, laharbos b'su'uda. So in the Ketzei Mata, the Mata Ephraim, he says, and what about drinking? How come he only says laharbos b'su'uda, that you should only, uh, that you should only eat? So uh, he says it's a, it's a pella that he, doesn't, uh, that he doesn't mention that you should drink as well. But he says there 
are many rayas that a person should drink as well. The Gemara Masechus Brachos, when it talks about this din of eating a Nerv Yom Kippur, says, Kala ochel vishose b'chi of ki'ilu hisana chivasiri. So it's explicit that it's vishose. And the other rayas from our Gemara, that Rav Yosef was busy drinking on uh, a Nerv Yom Kippur. And in fact, the Mishabrura in Hilchus Yom Kippur calls from the Magen Avram that a person should be mimait belimudo on Nerv Yom Kippur to make more time to be able to uh, to eat and to drink vilishtos. So you see that shtia is definitely included. So even though in the lashon of the mechaber it doesn't sound that way, you see clearly from this gemara shtia is included in what one should do on erev yom kippur. Another thing that comes out of this gemara umi midbar nachliel that uh, from a person making himself a umi midbar matana that a person makes himself like a midbar he gets the Torah as a matana, meaning it's counterintuitive. You would think that if a person wants to advance in his own learning, he shouldn't be busy uh, teaching people who are on a lower level than him, he should be busy writing and uh, engaged in, in his learning. But there are many, many Marimakamas that suggest that that's not the way it works, that the more a person is mafkir themselves to uh, be malami Torah to everybody, the more they're going to rise in uh, the Madregos HaChachma. The Chassam Sofer writes that uh, through the Talmidim that a person learns with and he's mafkir himself like a Midbar, he's going to be Zoha to understand more of HaKadosh Baruch Torah because it's given to him as a, uh, as a, as a Matana. Um, and uh, he says uh, that, that uh, the, the Pasuk said, and that's why the Pasuk goes on, Matana Nachliel, because you might think, yeah, it's a Matana, but it's a Matana Nasahachzir, that uh, you'll, you'll maybe understand more Torah as you're teaching, but you're not going to retain it. You're not going to uh, have so nachliel. No, it's going to be a nachla. It's going to be the better, the best way to retain your Torah is when you uh, when you make your Torah accessible to other to other people. In fact, there's a beautiful marsha in the second paragraph of Babasa. The Gemara Babasa says, "What do you do with a kid who's just not getting it? He's just not uh, he's not not following." So the Gemara says, "Make sure he has good friends, and uh, he'll want to fit in with the chaver, and the chaver will help him out. They'll have his back, and they'll try to explain things to him. And that way, you'll see eventually." he'll start picking up on, uh, on things. So the Marsha writes that the toelas is not really for the child. The child may not start picking up on things. The toelas is for the friends, that the friends who uh, understand, they'll, uh, they'll grow more in their learning by having to explain things to, uh, to the child who's maybe not understanding as, as much. So that's what the Marsha points out, that uh, very often when a person is more giving of his learning, he's going to be able to, uh, to achieve more. My mother just recently called Rebetzin Shechter because she was uh, hacking me about my schedule, that it's too uh, that I'm doing too much. So I said, if Rav Shechter is 80-something years old and he's running around like a Meshuggah giving a shirim all over the place, I could do it when I'm in my 40s. So she called Rebbe Shechter. Why do you let him run around like that and give somebody <laughs> so shirim all over the place? So the Rebbe said, you should see him when he's not doing it. When he's not doing it, he's sad. He's, he's like, he's not the same person. When he's running around teaching Torah everywhere, that's, that's when he that's, uh, gives him his, uh, his chiyos. Uh, it's a pella that he could be such a gonadir uh, when he gives so much of himself. He sits there uh, talking to, to everybody, everyone asking questions all day and making himself available all day. But that's what the Gemara says, that uh, that it becomes a matana that's given to a person. And it's nachliel, it becomes a nachla that the person gets to keep. How much time do you really have to give to other people? Sir Moshe has a famous shuva where he says it's the same as money. Just like in money, you have to give meiser of your money. You've got to give meiser of your man. He's talking to Yeshiva Bachrim. Like, how much time should Yeshiva Bachrim spend learning with people who are not as strong as him to help them in learning? So he said, 10% of your time has to be given to uh, to Chesed to help out uh, to help out other people that are not as strong in learning. It's probably. Um, 
most, uh, most, most of the time in yeshivas, they, they give Eitzah to spend more time than that. They usually say if there are three Siddharim, you should have one Seder with someone stronger than you, one Seder with someone weaker than you, and someone, one Seder with someone on the same level. Because it's a good experience for a person to have to explain things. Uh, you, you gain much more clarity in your, in your own learning when you have to explain things. Okay, so Tanya, Hanoder Minadogan, Asr Yavesh. Like Reb Meir said, that if you know their Minadogan, Reb Meir Shita in our Mishnah was that Dogan doesn't only include the Chamesh Saminim, it also includes Pula Mitzri Yavesh. but it does not include moist Pula Mitzri. Now we, that we already knew from our Mishnah. Now we add a few other things. it does not include rice, nor does it include grain that's been cut into two or cut into three or cut into four. Dagan means whole grains. It doesn't mean grains that have been cut into smaller pieces for a porridge or something. So the Bryce brings another din. Hanodermin peros hashana. An unusual phrase. Peros hashana. Whatever is going to grow, presumably this year. So asr bakol peros hashana. He's asr for any fruit that grows until Tishrei, until Rosh Hashanah. But peros does not include animals, does not include milk, it does not include eggs, it does not include birds. But if he doesn't say peros, he says whatever it grows this year, then asr bakulan. Then he's also even in milk and eggs and birds and all these things because gidule sounds like anything that's gadal and that's included in that which is that which is uh, gadal. Hanodim in peros haaretz. A person takes a nether not to get hanoa from peros haaretz. Asr bechol peros haaretz. He's uh, not allowed to have hanoa from anything that's yonik from the aretz, whether it's pre eitz or pre adama. Umutubekmein pitrios. But he's allowed to have fungi. He's allowed to have uh, mushrooms and the like. V'imamar gidule karka alai. But if he says gidule karka alai, anything that's gadol from the karka, then asr bekulon. Then he's asr even in kmein and pitrios because they are gadol on the karka. They grow on the karka. The bach writes, so when he says gidule karka alai, it's uh, the bach on yaradeya, not the, not on the side of the gemara. The bach on yaradeya is in reshit zayin. In Ilkhs Nadarim, right, when it says Gidule Karka Alai, he's also even be Balichayim, because it's only if he says Peros Hashanah or Peros Haaretz, are Balichayim not Bechlal, but Gidule Karka would even mean Balichayim that eat uh, that which grows on the ground. Okay, that's a uh, Chiddush, it's probably the Shitasa, but okay, so the, the, the Brysa tells us Kamein and Pitrios are included in Gidule Karka. So ask the Gemara Urmini, but I'll ask you a Stira, how can you say Kamein and Pitrios are included in Gidule Karka? We have a Mishnah Mesechas Brachos, Aldavr, She'ein Gidule anything that does not grow from the ground you say and the Brysa elaborates on the Mishnah that it's beferish that, uh, that fungi that uh, mushrooms you say because it's not so how can you tell me that uh, that if you're going to take a nether on gidule on on gidule uh, karka that it includes uh, that it includes mushrooms. They grow from the ground, but the unica comes from the air. The unica comes from the moist atmosphere. So in a certain sense, it's called, it is gidule karka, but nevertheless, when it, when it comes to the criteria of the Mishnah of what bracha to make, it's not yonik from the karka. I but vakatani al davashein gidulo mina aretz. But when the Mishnah Masechus Brachos talks about what you say a shakolon, it doesn't say that which is not yonek mina 
Aretz says that which is not Gadal Min Aretz. So Tzniyal Davar Shein Yonik Min Aretz. Yeah, you know, you got to change the lashon a little bit. It should rather say anything that's not Yonik Min Aretz. You say a Shahakalan, and uh, and mushrooms are not Yonik Min Aretz, even though they are Gadal. Mina aretz. So that's how we thread that needle. That mushrooms grow on the ground, but they're not. They don't get their unica from the ground. So when you talk about gidule karka, they are included. When you talk about brachos and what bracha to make on them, they're not. They're, they're not yonik mina aretz, and therefore it's not a bar biadam. It's a shakol niya bidvaro. Okay. So now the Mishnah tells us a person takes a neder not to be nana from the following. Hanoder minaksus. Person takes neder. He's not going to get hanoa from uh, from clothing. Mutter besak. He's a lot of where sackcloth will be urio bechamila and other types of very thick materials that you might put over you put over your body to protect you from the rain but are not normally uh, they're not uh, the types of textiles that you would normally wear because it's just like this very thick stuff if he says that semer shouldn't go on me he's allowed to cover himself with with shearings of wool because semer really means wool clothing if he says that pishton shouldn't go on him, he could cover himself with uh, raw flax. Rabbi Yudah says, no, you got to look at context and see what context he made the nether in to figure out what he meant. Ta'an, if he was carrying Tzemer or Pishtan, Vihizia, and he was Shvitzing, Vayarecho Kasha, and uh, it started to smell. Amar Konim Tzemer Pishtan, Ola Alai, and then in that context, he takes a, a neder that I don't want Tzemer Pishtan to be Ola on me, then Motulaskasos Vasalav Shalachoram. Then he's allowed to wear it as clothing, he's just not allowed to schlep it, because it's in the context of schlepping that he's sweating and smelling and taking this neder. So since it's in that context, we could see that's clearly what he meant. Tanya, no ksus, Person takes a neder from ksus, he's allowed to wear these uh, very thick uh, items that would protect him from rain, but are not normally worn as clothing. But, v'asur bepunda, u'bipiskia, u'biskortaya, u'biketavlea, v'inpila, u'plino mechnasayim v'kova. But what, what is included in clothing are these different types of clothing, a certain type of belt uh, that he would put his money in, and another type of belt that's like a wider type of belt, and uh, and the Gemara is going to explain what 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 scortia is, and a katavlia is a, is is like an apron made out of leather when a person works with uh, leather, and uh, in palia some type of uh, garment that they would wear on their legs, and uh, and and other types of uh, and, uh, pants and things like this, and a hat. All of these things are included in ksus. My is scorti. So I'm Rabbi Rabbi Kituna It's a leather uh, it's a leather apron that you. That people who uh, who tan hides would uh, would work that would would would, uh, would wear. So the Gemara brings a brisa that explains that even though. When a person is nodim and aksus, we said that he's allowed to wear sock and urea and chamila, all these thick things that a person wouldn't normally wear. So does that mean that they're uh, that they're not called clothing, and you therefore are not allowed to go out with them on Shabbos because it's not called clothing? So Tanya the Brisa tells us no, it does not mean that. Yotzim besak ova ubesagos ova ubiyuria ubechamila mipreigashamim. If you're going out on Shabbos to protect yourself from the rain with these things, that's no problem. It is considered clothing to 
protect you from the rain. Aval, lo beteva, but even on Shabbos, in Allah Garden to Rishasrabim with a box uh, of some sort uh, that is meant to store things in, and you're just holding it over your head to protect it from the rain. If there's no air, if you're not allowed to carry it, you can't say, no, this is my clothing now. It's not clothing. Nor with a mat that's used to lie down on, to sleep on, to protect you from the rain. The Roim can go out into Rishasrabim. Shepherds can go out with sackcloth to protect them from the rain because that's what they normally wear. It's not only about uh, the shepherds, it's really anybody. It's just that they're the mo- most likely candidates to be wearing such things. Then Rabbi Yudad said in the Mishnah, everything is based on context. You need to see the context of the nether to appreciate what the person means by the nether. So Tanya, the Brisa elaborates a little bit more than the Mishnah elaborated on context. What's an example of Hakalafia Noder? So I love a semer. If a person was wearing a semer garment, and it was too small on him and it was very uncomfortable because it was tight on him. And in that context, he says, I'm taking a nether that semer shouldn't go on me. So the nether clearly means he doesn't want to wear semer, but he's allowed to carry semer because the context was very clear that it was uncomfortable for him to be wearing it. If he was Lapping Pishtan, Vizia, and he was sweating. Vamrakonim Pishtan Olalai, and in that context, he took a nether that I don't want any Pishtan, then Then he's allowed to wear Big Day Pishtan or Big Day Semer, but he's not allowed to schlep the Big Day Pishtan because that's clearly what he means from the context of the Nedr. Ron points out from the fact that the Tana of the Brisa tells us a case of wearing a Beged Bedochak, that it's only Asr Bilavisha, meaning the first case of the Tzemer where it's tight on him, that it's Asr only Bilavisha, sounds like only in such a case where you see that it's tight on him, is it going to be Asr, uh, is it going to be, does he mean only Levisha and uh, and and uh, not uh, masa, but if a person is not their stam from tzemer, and you can't tell based on context what he means, so the 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 assumption of this brisa seems to be that it's also both b'masa and b'levisha, which is against the Mishnah. The Mishnah assumes stam, you assume means levisha only. Over here, the brisa seems to assume stam means levisha and masa, unless you have a context telling you otherwise. And the Ran writes, we paskin like the Mishnah, not like the brisa. Okay, we'll stop there. Tomorrow we'll pick up at the Mishnah on the top of. Everyone have a great day.